0: tuned in to higher frequency. Welcome to the Humble Abode. We got the podcast here. This is the, I think, like, seventh episode of the Luchadors of Liberty. I'm here with my new co-host. Um, we met in law school. He's a very intelligent man. Um, you heard him last episode. We were indoctrinating our friend Connie into libertarianism. It worked. Yeah, it worked. She, she's convinced, but... It wasn't that hard to convince Connie, was it? No, not really. We really didn't
1: have to work that hard. No,
0: we were really just drinking and hanging out. But, here we are, and we have a topical episode for you today. We're going to be talking specifically about how um, the judiciary has its hands in the economics of our country. More specifically, well, we'll get into... The specifics. Is there something you'd like to lead off with? I'm gonna let you take the lead most on this because this is your area, economics, the numbers.
1: Yeah. So basically, we're uh, we're in class and our professor's talking, and I'm starting to hear just a little bit of governmental indoctrination that's already in her in her understanding of the law. As someone who's been practicing for you know probably 25, 30 years, she sees the judiciary making these decisions as just the evolution of the law. And i think a lot of people don't realize that the judiciary is just as uh what's the word i'm looking for it the judiciary also has its hands at things people look at it and they say oh the executive branch it's huge it spends tons of money it's got tons of programs that are wasteful the legislative branch they pass omnibus bills but nobody takes a look at the judiciary and is like hey you know they're kind of they're kind of reaching in too right and one of the big examples, obviously, everyone kind of knows it, is the Commerce Clause. It's the justification
0: for the Civil Rights Acts. Yeah, even those who don't study law or study politics even know about the Commerce Clause. You know, They yeah. know that it's been something that the judiciary and Congress have, have used to gain a foothold, and we're going to go over a lot of that stuff. Yeah, so uh, the first case we kind of wanted to
1: bring forward is a really old case from 1942 about a guy growing wheat.
0: And this dude just wanted to grow wheat on his own farm. Not weed. Marijuana. Wheat. 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 (laughs) And uh, this man was growing wheat
1: and only for his own cows. And because of some federal act, the Commerce Clause came in because his own wheat affected aggregate demand for wheat – or the aggregate supply of wheat throughout the country.
0: So let me get this straight. The argument isn't – hey, you're making so much wheat and selling it at such a low price, it's affecting everyone else who's trying to sell wheat. That's not the argument. No. The argument is if everyone else does it, then it's going to be bad for the economy, so you can't grow it. Yeah.
1: It It's really kind of like a, a schoolyard thing. It, it reminds me of something my kindergarten teacher would do, where he'd be like, well, you know, Timmy, you can't have all the Jolly Ranchers to yourself because that means not everybody else has Jolly
0: Ranchers. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we but, can't.
0: But if you're in kindergarten and you have conquered a part of the playground, let's say the jungle gym. You have the whole jungle gym and you have you know, been developing your own jolly ranchers. You're making your own jolly ranchers. They're not jolly rancher jolly ranchers, they're yours. Yeah. But that's when your teacher comes over and says, "Hey, these kids want some of your jolly ranchers or you can't have any." Exactly. And that kind
1: of is what brings me to my next case that is symbolic of this, which is the Gonzales v. Rake. And it, it's, a, it's a lot more, I think, people understand it a lot more nowadays because of marijuana and the foothold it's taken. And this is essentially the same thing. Um, they were growing wheat on their farm, or weed, sorry.
0: This time it is weed. This time it's actually <laughs> we, weed. We are we working our way. We were getting it warmed up. Yeah.
1: So... They were actually just growing their own weed, and it was the federal government coming in and saying— For medical use. Yeah, medical use only. This was um, 2003.
0: It was 2005 when the case was decided. Yeah,
1: 2005, and um, yeah. I mean, California was one of the only states in the country, I think, at that time that had any sort of legalized cannabis. So they were just growing their own weed, and the federal government was like,
0: They don't. The federal government doesn't even regulate marijuana, as a product. There's no, there's a black market for marijuana. There's no, you know, legalized, regulated market like you're saying. Yeah. Just to be clear.
1: So they're coming in and they're saying, hey, we don't want you to grow your legal weed in your country, that or in
0: your, sorry, uh, in your state. In your state. Everything's a state. It's still a state. I'm a sectionist. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. (laughs)
1: Every every state should be a country. Anyway.
0: If I had a soundboard right then, I'd hit the south rise again.
1: <laughs> For real, though. No, but California is its own state. And I don't think the federal government should have a role in mandating whether they can grow – their citizens can grow weed. Right. And it just – it's that little bit of oversight from the judiciary, right, just enforcing these laws that – to be honest, shouldn't even have been passed in the first place. And they justify it with these—the horrible—the Commerce Clause. They justify it with—what uh, was the other thing they were talking about? They justify it under, what, the Tenth Amendment?
0: Tenth Amendment.
1: And,
0: and it's like tax and spending power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, great. You
1: give the government—the federal government—the opportunity to spend your spend money on the states and tax the states. And all of a sudden, they use it to— tax the criminal justice system
0: so the commerce clause just read plainly i had to pull it up so i don't make any mistakes here to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with indian tribes you don't hear much about the indian tribes because they don't have much of a market anymore we can talk about that in another episode but um to regulate among the several states This is just within California. This is just for your personal use. You're growing your own plants, and so they are – it's a stretch, and it's been a stretch, but we have grown so accustomed to government stretching and taking our personal liberties that it it just doesn't seem like a stretch anymore. It seems like, okay, yeah, they can reason it. Okay, just because you can reason it doesn't mean you have to take away liberty, and that's, that's the whole argument here.
1: And it kind of brings me to what my main point, kind of why we're doing this podcast in the first place, is because the judiciary finds its opinion. They find what they want the answer to be, and they logic their way, whatever twisted way that is, to that end. They don't find the legal way. They don't find the righteous way. They find their own way to get the answer. And they always start with the answer and work their way backwards, which is... It's one of the reasons why I think the commerce clause isn't a good good answer to the Civil Rights Act. I think it
0: it's not yeah, it's not a good answer. We'll have to <laughs> we, we can we don't have to tackle that right now, but if you want to go into that we can. It's it's a free-flowing organic conversation. That's that's deep because where do you go if you don't use the commerce clause because they, they've tried. I think now it'd be way easier. Yeah. I think now you can Probably amend the Constitution, you know, instead of – because the problem with the 14th Amendment uh, was it didn't regulate the private people. It regulated the states. Yeah. So you can make an amendment to that, and I think you could get two-thirds vote – is it two-thirds? I think it's two-thirds, yeah. To amend the Constitution. I I think that would be very possible now as far as, like, everyone getting on board. Okay, yeah, don't discriminate um, against people. Yeah. you never know. You never know, but you don't. But I mean, realistically, yeah, I think uh, we're better off now, um, race relations wise, than we were during slavery or during like the 1950s, nineteen fifties, yeah. nineteen. Um, when was when was sixty four? Um, sixty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely way better off now. I feel.
1: Yeah, and just because you're trying to get a specific result doesn't mean you have to justify it to the extent of pretty much everything you can find. And what happened to righteousness? What happened to justice? I mean, the the judiciary, their name is derivative of the word justice. Mm -hmm. So why are they trying to be activists? Activists never seek justice. Activists seek an end.
0: And It's very polarized, very politicized now. It's not... um, it's not your justice who you've elected, really. Like, they're appointed. Remember, they're appointed by the executive branch. And and as we see now, Donald Trump, as much as um, people hate him, he's done what he's could to further his policies. And, you know, through the judiciary, getting two judges on on the Supreme Court during his term already. Yeah, And if, if 97-year-old Ruth Bader Ginsburg kicks, he could get a third one in. Yeah, and that's
1: that's kind of the crazy thing. And it's
0: scary because, you know, I'm center, we're libertarian, obviously don't agree with Donald Trump on a lot of topics. But if he gets uh, another justice in there, the Supreme Court is going to be very conservative for a very long time.
1: Yeah, especially if he gets another young justice like Kavanaugh. I right. mean that's – Easily thirty plus years of a justice that's going to be
0: conservative or conservative leaning. That's another thing. These judges who get on the Supreme Court, they're on there for life. Yeah, it's a life term. That's they're supposed pr- to be unbiased too. Yeah,
1: right. Unbiased.
0: Yep. Very unbiased. <laughs> Very unbiased. That's why we have a lot of five fours and and you know, just hung hung. Uh, I was about to say hung Hungary, uh, just ties in the Supreme Court just because it's so polarized. Yeah, and because they're appointed by the executive branch
1: and the executive branch is essentially bought by the corporations, you end up with justices whose main policy goals are to further that of the president that would appointed them and therefore the corporations who appointed that president. Because let's be honest, we don't hold the power anymore. These corporations, because of the judiciary and Citizens United – Are basically the ones who run the country and it it becomes full circle where the executive branch and the legislative branch now hold the key to the judiciary and the judiciary is supposed to be again representative of the opinions of a society because that's what laws are laws are meant to be enforced by the people of the society not by the judiciary
0: but when you have a Supreme Court that's making law interfering with your liberties and people don't stand up for it that's whenever they take control and and uh, I want to go back to um, raked and um, just let it sink in how, how much the government is involved in your life right now. And so th- they're enforcing a federal law, the Controlled Substances Act, in this case. Yeah. Um, it is up to the executive branch, a.k.a. the president's policy and the DEA, basically, um, if they want to – come and take all your homegrown marijuana, right? So why was the judicial – the judiciary branch right here the – who wrote the opinion on this? I think it was uh, Stevens. Stevens? Yes, it was Stevens. So why is the Justice Stevens Court and um, those who voted for his opinion – why are they so greedy in this case, as you would put it, to stay on topic? Well,
1: the – the the reason they're so greedy is because, again, these are justices who are appointed by a president who is bought.
0: Who who does this law benefit though? Does it is does it benefit the many pharmaceutical companies? Right. Yeah. That's that's basically what I'm getting. The tobacco and alcohol industry too. Right. Right. Yeah. Even the non um, pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> yeah. It's just your recreational, you know, good old cig and and drink. Yeah. And
1: really. It's – if if the corporations have their hand in the pocket of every politician, why are we even allowing them to write legislation that the judiciary has to interpret? Because all they're going to do is get handed legislation by a specific company's attorneys that's going to benefit them. The judge has no way to read that but the way
0: these attorneys wrote it. That's a great point. And, so the the laws that – these supreme court justices are interpreting are the laws written by the government and the corporations together hand in hand yeah and so they're just enforcing these laws and so marijuana is a schedule one drug and it's 2019 i know if you're listening to this podcast you you've definitely listened to other podcasts talk about um recreational marijuana passing and and even passing um just a just a whole throw out of the control substances act really but to say it's a schedule one drug that means it has no medical benefit whatsoever
1: and it very clearly does i mean if the uh what is it american medical association i forget exactly what it's called but uh the basically doctors in the united states have determined that it is medically useful in a certain way and CBD's already been proven to help children with seizures i know uh Friend of mine, her dog had seizures, and they gave it CBD, and it was perfectly.
0: Significantly wrong. helps with yeah. epilepsy, right? Yeah,
1: and um, actually, the doctor that was taking care of my grandmother when she had a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma said that CBD would be there to help her, and she would, you know, be able to use it and hopefully get better. But the state denied their
0: license to be able to give it to her. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So it's a But they will let her take something that'll give her like uh kidney stones or you know oh yeah, some her fucked up side effect. They gave her morphine. Morphine.
1: That's literally heroin. It's actually heroin. It's liquefied heroin. Damn government. Yeah. But um one of the cool things about I I think this opinion is um the dissent,
0: right? Yeah. The two dissents, Thomas and O'Connor. Yeah. Very I I really liked um o'connor's um i think thomas is just mad because he was mad before in the uh <laughs> in, in the um in the wicker case the wheat case, yeah. case. wheat case not weed yeah. Wheat. so he was he was already mad that the government was uh, the judiciary uh had interpreted the law like this and so he's there too um do you want to you want to read the uh
1: the quote that O'Connor has from the uh, New State Ice Company.
0: Do you have it up? Yeah, Do you yeah. have it with it? Yeah. You oh, yeah, can read absolutely. It. You can read it. So it.
1: a single courageous state may, if its citizens choose, serve as a laboratory and try novel social and economic experiments without risk to the rest of the country. And I really think that's that's important. That, yeah, states are meant to be a laboratory for the federal government. The go, federal,
0: ahead. go ahead. Go ahead that's it no yeah keep going you're good no it's uh, it's it serves the market better yeah it's more innovative if you if you know this were allowed you would see california having medical marijuana the rest of the country would say hey um they're deriving benefits from this plant which we say it's illegal but we're a state government we can take our own chance and we can even um you know do our own experimental things within our own state and that uh, doesn't just apply to marijuana that applies to
1: everything uh, everything
0: yeah everything. honestly
1: it, it really does and that's why these forced laws upon the states i don't think they're a good idea entirely because when whenever you mess with the free market it it doesn't just hit one sector of it because everything's interconnected Everything in your life is interconnected, right? How how could everything in a market not be?
0: Everything's connected, brother. I
1: know. I know. It, it starts to sound like... <laughs> I start to sound like a nut when I say it too much. But it really is. Everything's connected. and You can't affect one thing without affecting another.
0: Um, the Mycennial fungi below the earth connecting with the trees and the winds. Yeah, whatever. No, but... <laughs> Even even in little things, like outside of the marijuana
1: industry, you, you look at how this sort of stuff affects the alcohol industry. You look at how this stuff affects the car industry. I mean, okay, the government passes legislation. All cars have to have seatbelts. All cars have to have a certain amount of airbags. What does that do? Drives up the price of cars.
0: More people.
1: Yeah. Less people die in car accidents, so you mm. end up with more people. More mm. of an aggregate demand on food supply.
0: Longer lines. So you're saying the government shouldn't uh, shouldn't regulate if you have seatbelts or not? Is that, is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. If You don't have a right to your own body anymore because of the way the judiciary is ruled. Helmets. I mean, you, if they're going to rule seatbelt laws constitutional, you don't have the right to get in a car and kill yourself on accident. I mean, really, that's what they're saying. They're saying that somebody can't handle the guilt of killing you if you get in a car accident or you can't handle it if you wrap your car around a pole. I mean— Come on now.
0: Isn't it for the public good? Just everyone agrees that if you get caught without a seatbelt, you have to pay money to the government. Isn't that isn't that a good, a public good, right?
1: I, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. It if a society wants to fine its members or I don't even consider it a fine. The way the way it works is what you want to do is if you have a behavior you don't want to have happen, you tax it, right? And nobody's going to want to do it. That's why you have cigarette taxes so high because it, they want to decrease demand because the price is too high. So it artificially increases the prices. Everyone remembers the the X that they made in their high school economics class that their teacher tried to explain to them. Right. If you draw a line through the X towards the top end, it's going to give you higher prices. And that's basically what a tax ends up doing. But we don't encourage taxes. No, absolutely not. And that's why I'm against taxes in the first place. And, again—
0: the con- First of all, if it's a really bad behavior, you go to jail, right? You shouldn't go to jail. You shouldn't go to jail. You should
1: not be going to jail.
0: I think there are—well, this is just me talking, but I think there are definitely people who should go to jail. I disagree. Murderers. They should be killed. Okay, okay. I, if we're gonna stick with the non-aggression principle here, we're not gonna kill them. We're gonna throw them in jail. I think jail does serve a good society, a good purpose in society. Good jail, good jail, right? Not the jail system we have now, not institutional slavery. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's crazy. I if think you we're read, on the same page. There. If you
1: read, um, it's either the thirteenth or the fourteenth amendment. It actually talks about how slavery is outlawed, but
0: except s- for the federal government. Yes. They can still have slaves. Yeah, it, that's an interesting one to read too. I'll uh, let me pull that up. That one up. I'll read it word for word. I think it's the thirteenth. Yeah.
1: Basically, what it says is, if you go to prison, you
0: can be a slave to the federal government until you're out, which is nuts. Absolutely nuts. So here's the reading, and if you if you go through it, yeah, it sounds like yeah, yeah, they abolished slavery. Yeah, they did. Not. They didn't. <laughs> Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the part... Actually, let's just stop there. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, comma, except. That means there's still slavery. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That means that, depending on the crime you did, you can go to jail... And work for the state as a slave. And the state decides the rules here. And, and it's not like this is a reasonable state anymore. They they have done things like in Wicker and, and Rape and said, you can't do this for your own benefit. It's not even a part of society. It's saying this market that we've chosen who gets to be good and who gets to be not good reaps the benefits of it and you go to jail. And you work for us making license plates and cracking boulders. Yeah. Our
1: government can sell
0: cocaine in Colombia, but we can't. Okay. Except (laughs) as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: I mean, that's it right there. There it is. Except as a punishment for a crime. So you can't be a slave
1: or you can't own slaves. You can't own involuntary servants. But the government can if you've committed a crime. And society, I guess, must have said that was reasonable, right? Right. But did they? I I think nowadays society would not say you can be a slave if you're in jail. I mean, what, what sort of reasonable person where a majority of the people in jail are minorities are allowed to be slaves based off the Constitution? I mean, it's institutionalized slavery. Through and, the federal government.
0: And most of the people in our jails are in jail for drug offences. Yeah. If I'm correct. I think what, eighty percent, right? Yeah, and the whole Something reason like
1: behind um god, heroin laws in the first place is because the Asians, the Chinese and the Japanese came over to California and Opium they dens. Opium dens and the white women loved it.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: white men were like, Damn, we're we're losing our women to these Asians. Time to outlaw the opium dens. Same thing with the black guy black men in marijuana.
0: Right. And also, Eli Whitney in the, co- in the cotton gin and hemp and stuff like that. Yeah. That is a major effect on it, too. Big players in the cotton market at the time when hemp was um, being pushed as a national crop, pretty much, put an end to that, and marijuana. And it's funner, more hallucinogenic cousin, <laughs> right? Um, so after being duly convicted, comma, ...shall exist within the United States, comma, or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So
1: if you get convicted of a federal crime in Puerto Rico, you can be a slave in the United States of America. Welcome to America.
0: But here, Congress shall... This is section two. Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So, it's the legislative branch that controls this. It It's corporations now at this point, they're choosing who gets to go to jail and who doesn't. Mind you, we have a private prison system, which, okay, could be a good thing, but it's not being used as a good thing because they're working hand-in-hand with the government.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if if the private prison system was backed by private laws and a private law enforcement system, then you would be able to see true freedom. But when you have the public intervention where the only interest of – the legislators is that of the corporations who are buying the seats in Congress, that's when you end up with something a little bit uncomfortable for people to think about. That's when you end up with for-profit prisons that work for the state based off how many people they can put in jail, not off successful um, jailbirds getting out.
0: Because they know they can put people into Well, in the past, they've known they can put people in prison without anyone caring about it. Oh, you have weed in your pocket. You're going to jail. You know, If, if we're not talking about the last Um, probably 10, 15 years, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's really known, like, what marijuana does. Um, Maybe it's affected some people poorly, but I could eat too many hamburgers and get fat and die of diabetes, you know? That's my personal choice in how I live my life.
1: And you don't even have the right to do that anymore because if you want to die of diabetes, someone is probably going to call an ambulance and get you into the hospital, and you're going to have to pay hospital bills, and you're going to have to pay tax on those hospital bills, and the hospital is going to have to pay tax on that too. You can't even kill yourself through eating anymore. Someone's going to have to pay for your funeral service and pay taxes on that. I mean, it's insane. You you don't have a right to anything anymore without the government having its hand in it. And that comes from the legislative branch creating laws that the judiciary is forced to enforce, and the judiciary being bought by the executive branch it it comes full circle what, be, what used to be a separation of powers became a combination of powers and it's being used against us rather than for us
0: it's certainly not for your personal liberty it's certainly for they say the public good but really it's what they make the public good out to be so it's not the public good it's it's money in these corporations that are tied into each other but um is there anything we want to segue into right now
1: yeah since we're segueing not a
0: good segue i'm just saying the word segue so we can yeah, absolutely. take one i i think we've covered enough i think you know <laughs> if if you're a marijuana user or even a advocate advocate or not even an advocate but maybe someone who as great pain in their joints or glaucoma, you can't even like see the website that <laughs> that this podcast is on. So you're listening to it audioly. <laughs> yeah, even if you're any of those kind of people, you you realize that if you if marijuana was good for you and you wanted to grow it at your house, not sell it to anyone, just for yourself, just for your own benefit, you can't do that. Under no. the laws of this country, you will be thrown in a cage.
1: And possibly be a slave.
0: Yeah, you don't get the same minimum wage. You have to work. You get thrown in a cage for maybe, what, 20 hours a day? Yeah. And it's not like Sweden where rock Rocky's chilling in the bed watching TV at prison. You know, I obviously I don't think all prisons should be like that, but that's just me. Obviously, um, there's a... There's a difference of opinion on how how certain criminals should be handled, but that's off topic. It's fine. That is off topic. It's fine. But what what um what are you looking at right now? So over
1: here? currently, I am looking at my least favorite Supreme Court decision ever made, which is South Dakota v. Dole, and um this I don't even care about the law in this case. This is zero to do with the law. What it has to do with is the idea and the definition of the word coercive and i think a lot of people don't understand quite how much a five percent loss for highway funds actually is
0: and when they when they relate to the uh the national project in this case it's a stretch also that's it's that's one of those things in this case that bothers me um all right um, if you do, you want to do the synopsis of of that one real quick, just to yeah. Brief.
1: Let, me, let me break it down real quick. So basically, South Dakota had a drinking age of nineteen. Federal government said yee yee. yeah, hell yeah.
0: Federal government said no. Yeah,
1: they're like, if your drinking age is in twenty one, we're taking away your highway money. And they justified that connection based off of the general welfare of the people.
0: Right. So if if uh, you know you, you have these younger drinking ages. Aren't, isn't that going to make the roads more dangerous?
1: Oh, you! It must. It I might. mean, why? So, why else would the government legislate it? They're looking out for us, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but <laughs> let's take a deeper dive in that, right? So, if you're asking, okay, are the roads going to be more dangerous if they're not well maintained for the general population? They might be. They might be or more dangerous for the for the few people who encounter or the few. Um, who get on the road and drunk? We already have drunk driving laws, yeah. right? So, th- which they also don't work. Shouldn't be <laughs> They're not preventing anyone from driving drunk, right? So, you already have those laws in place. So, why are you going to take away money from states to maintain roads well? Which is something that the government. You know, does it's it's one of those things that when people bring up the road argument against libertarians, you know, they're like, oh, they're your roads again. You really like roads with your government, right? Roads and mail. But roads, <laughs> um, historically, are some things that the government hasn't completely fucked up on. So. Huh, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't be better in a, another way, but uh, this is one of those things that the government hangs on to. And, and as far as their money, they give it to the states, and the states love this money, right? Oh, it's fat checks. Right. Fat so checks. 5%, what are we talking about when we say, like, 5%? Do we have, a, like, a number on it, especially for South Dakota? We don't have an exact number on it. But um,
1: the thing is, if somebody were to take away 5% of your income for next year, and say if you don't do this one thing i will take away five percent of your income that's coercive right i mean you would you not be motivated just a little bit to do whatever they're asking you for five percent of your income i mean five percent of someone who makes twenty five thousand dollars is a good portion it's a good portion
0: and that money goes to your everyday thing your food your bills you know so you're thinking five percent you know and that's five percent of the money that's coming in just because the federal government wants to regulate a certain law you know (sighs) it
1: it i have an issue with first of all the federal government giving states money because i have an issue with the federal government existing in the first place but i really have an issue with the way they defined the word coercive and said that a five percent loss of highway funds eh, that's not coercive it's pretty reasonable to say that you know 5% of your money is gone. It's not that much. Don't worry about it. Keep your drinking age. That's not going to bother anybody. But 5% could be 100 people's jobs. Could be 1,000 people's jobs. You know? I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. You're doing five percent of that. Yep. Yeah, so, <laughs> times .05. So this this when when was this case
0: decided? Nineteen. Oh, 1987. Uh, Nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. Okay. So this is the budget now. So imagine if the government was trying to do this to a state now. Um, the national budget um is larger than this obviously, but one hundred sixty five billions billion billions <laughs> was for highways alone, which includes national, state, and Local roads, bridges, and tunnels. This so this is five percent of that whole number right now.
1: So one hundred sixty-five billion dollars
0: times point zero five. That's still eight fucking billion, two hundred fifty million. Eight and a quarter billion dollars. Yeah, eight point two billion dollars.
1: I mean that is a That's lot of money.
0: Insane money. What,
1: I think what you need to look at is a South Dakota. Allocation of highway funds. Federal. It would be federal allocation.
0: Roads. Roads. Yep. Non-state public road. There we go.
1: No, no. Go back. It would be under uh, the PDF for highway funding alternatives. South Dakota legislature. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it should show. I'll do some. You you do a bit of digging there. let Let me go on a rant about this. Go on a rant. So basically Congress was trying to encourage uniformity in the state's drinking laws, and they were attempting to do this and obviously successfully doing it because the court was in their favor by saying that your drinking age is now connected to your federal funds. So if your drinking age isn't 21, you are not getting any federal money for your roads. And they said that drunk drivers make the road dangerous, so younger drunk drivers, who are already dangerous because they're young drivers, and now they're drunk, are even more dangerous. But really, there there was no statistical data to back this up. It didn't change the dangerousness of the roads. All it did was appease the MADD lobby, which had just become a thing in the 80s, the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And people were like, oh, drunk drivers, oh, kids drinking, time to ban it. And the federal government went on on their way and said, well, we don't give you any money. Maybe you'll change your drinking age. Well, why is the federal government first allocating money to the states for their roads? The states should be able to do their own roads and tax for that rather than having the federal government do that. But why is the federal government deciding what is coercive in nature because what's coercive to one person may not be coercive to another and what's coercive to one state may not be coercive to a different state
0: so this is from the fiscal year 2008 and it looks like the number four from uh, the federal government for state highways um is just below 200 million right so two million, five and a half percent of two hundred million dollars. It's still ten million dollars. <laughs> that's a lot of roads, that's a lot of different things you could do with that money, you know. Is even if you're not gonna use it for roads, you can like if the government was gonna if the federal government gave a state ten million ten million dollars, yeah. You can use that so so in so many different ways, right? Yeah. Uh, homelessness issues, you know, food, it, stuff like that, welfare, general welfare for your state. I'm sure
1: there's a contractual stipulation that says that they have to use it for something relating to oh, the roads, yeah. but
0: Oh yeah, for sure. But th- I'm just I'm just saying, you know, if if you're not if you know, you're not going to use it for roads, if uh this was just money to be to be used for your state how the state sees fit, that can be used in so many different beneficial ways. Yeah a and lot of money folks. a
1: lot of our stuff comes off if so i'll say oh if the federal government did this if the state government did this and that's kind of the whole basis for economics and a lot of the basis for law is it's dependent on specific factors right one thing has to be a specific way in order for another thing to be a specific way so it all works out and that's kind of why people will say oh it's speculation what would happen it's speculation you know, how this would affect this,
0: but that's what you have to do Yeah, you have to you know, opine and and think about how things affect one another you know Um, and it's not that it's irrelevant and idealistic is that what's going on right now has intertwined the federal government in the state's business, in your personal business, and so Now it's kind of like, okay, the only thing to do is speculate about a a better way to do all this shit, right? And some people have the idea of it uh, one way, where the federal government should be involved in everything, and that'd be one centralized area, communism, right? And then we, on the other side of the spectrum, believe in liberty, your personal freedom, your right to choose to do whatever you want, right? Yeah. That's at the heart of it. And
1: really... The the federal government is just attempting to insulate itself in the same way a corporation would by making subsidiary companies that do its bidding without ever actually having to take any responsibility for its own actions. It's just like a four-year-old who blames his three-year-old little brother for breaking the vase when he knows it's his fault. In the end, he may not get in trouble for it, but it sits there, and they know exactly what they're doing. They're using the judiciary as a scapegoat because nobody can touch them. They're not elected. Executives may change. Legislators may change. But the judiciary is there until
0: literally the day they die. Till death do us part. Yeah. That's what it is. That's I'm, a good rant on the judiciary. We're we're about 40 minutes in. I'm, I'm good on that, man. You're good on that? Yeah. If... You guys have any suggestions for us? Um, hopefully we'll post this some of my libertarian groups that I'm in on Facebook and, and on YouTube and the, the usual Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, give us a listen if this is the only podcast you're listening to. Um, this is Higher Frequency Podcast Network, and we do college football. We do business podcasts. Right now, I'm the main operation of um, just putting most of the behind-the-scenes stuff together. Dimitri is helping me with the Luchadors of Liberty. Um, Joey will join us on some of these episodes. He's working two jobs right now. I'm in law school, so send donations to our Patreon. Um, Give us views, suggestions, questions um, about anything I'd be happy to do episodes on. That'd be great. Um, We have an email, higherfrequencypodcast.gmail.com, and you can find us at Higher Frequency Podcast Network on most all social media sites. Yeah. you want any any end you want any plugs
1: no I mean if you guys have any issues you'd want us to talk about, feel free to let us know um really interested in international economic um human rights issues constitutional issues states rights issues we can talk secession I mean really anything you guys find interesting, we'll research it. we'll talk about it for you guys you know give you some information.
0: We did this one completely sober too, yeah.
1: Yeah, no alcohol involved with this. This was a 100%. soap. we were we were drunk on water.
0: There you go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying not to not to drink as much beer. If I'm drinking anything, it's vodka. Yeah, vodka, water, limes. Like the good communists we are. right? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the potato vodka. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Tune in to our next episode. Tune in to college football extravaganza. That's that's one of my favorite podcasts that I do. That that one is fun cuz I just get to talk shit um to other teams and other people about how good the Gators are. I like that. And then we talk about other football teams too. I'm I try not to be biased, but it's hard. Shameless plug, bro. Yeah, it's, shameless it's a plug. shameless plug, but <laughs> I mean, they're both of the podcasts is fine, yeah. All right. Have fun, enjoy, be safe, and uh, if you're 19 in South Dakota and you're thinking about drinking and driving, don't. Don't. Just don't.